Brothers and sisters, not too long ago, and I'm saying maybe, I can't put a pinpoint on it, but 20, 30, 40 years ago, and before that, it would have been much easier for a family to allow their children to be essentially taught by the world around them, uh, to be confident in the schools that they would attend and the institutions that they would participate in and social and the, the pillars of society, uh, that they would be able to participate in these things and grow up with the same values that the family has, that the society around us would share in our value system and so we could all be confident that they would grow up the way we would want them to grow up because it was, for the most part, uh, quite a Christian nation in, uh, in its interior life and also even in, in externally. That means that we had Christian, um, kind of a Christian look to the nation. We had a Christian look to uh, uh, our institutions and our culture around us. Pretty much everything about it was quite Christian. And the ideology was also pretty Christian as well. But we're past that time now. We definitely now live in a post-Christian world. And the ideology that has sifted through the world and has done so quite rapidly has taken us by surprise. And that's why we see the rapid changes that we see now in society around us and in the culture around us. And everybody is looking at this and kind of watching it pretty shocked and surprised at what's going on in the world around us. But it's not that surprising. Things, happen, things have happened quite rapidly because the ideology is a very strong ideology. It's an ideology that's rooted in, I'm not gonna go into the history of this, but it's an ideology that's found even in the early church. There was a, a form of a heresy, a general philosophical system in the early church called Gnosticism, and the early church battled this philosophical system for centuries, to be honest, and it would kind of come in and out of popularity, Gnosticism. Actually, some people will say that the whole Gospel of John is written to fight off the heresy of Gnosticism. And the letters of St. John, the three letters of St. John from the New Testament are also written against the Gnostics. What, what do the Gnostics believe? They are not one sect. It's not like one religion. It's just a general philosophy that guided their worldview, what they believed about the world and what they believed about human beings. And essentially, it was that the world is divided, that uh, there's a good God and an evil God, and um, that the human person is made up of all these parts, and that we are, on the one hand, spirit, and on the other hand, body, and these things are separate from one another, and there's this kind of duality going on in the human person and that the body must be kind of rejected as a false expression, whereas the spirit is what, is what really is true. And we find this in like transgender theory today, where the body is a false expression of what's going on in my interior life. My identity or my spirit is one thing, whereas the body is another thing altogether. And the whole thing is kind of silly and not to be, uh, uh, not to speak about transgenderism or any of these issues very deeply, the whole thing is a bit silly, yet it's strong. It's strong, and it has really come into the culture, really overtaken uh, society, so much so that it permeates everything that's around us. So that 
the whole culture is guided by this theory. And the dangerous part about this is not the idea itself necessarily because we're Catholic. And the Catholic Church, the Christian, uh, the Christian faith for all of its centuries has said no, God has made the human being and the human being has dignity and the, the body and the soul, the spirit, these are one thing. And I'm not even speaking about transgenderism or any of the sexual identity issues that are going on in the culture today. I'm speaking merely about this one ideology that God doesn't exist and that the human person is split up into these parts and that therefore we have to come up with our identity on our own. We have to give value to our spirit. We have to give value and meaning to who we really are and the body has nothing to do with it. That's the ideology that has permeated the whole culture and all of society. And that's the ideology that runs the, the school system. That's the ideology that runs popular culture, social media, TV, music, everything about where we're at in the culture today. And that's the dangerous one. The one that says God doesn't exist and he's not the arbiter of meaning in, in, in the world or of the human person, but the human subject himself is the one that gives meaning to himself. And what does that do? I'll give meaning to myself and my identity is this thing and therefore this is my truth and this is my opinion and it's good and you must uphold it. And if you, do, if you don't do that, then you're the one that's dangerous to me. There's no longer any standard, which for us was God and Christianity. There's no longer any universal understanding, which for us was God and Christianity. Now we're growing up in this culture. And one that takes up and believes, has the worldview of a Gnostic, is going to grow up with all kinds of bad ideas. But ideas themselves, on their own, are not necessarily dangerous. It's when we believe them, and they permeate the way we think about the world, about God, and about ourselves. That's the dangerous part when it rules the way we see everything, when it's the glasses that we have put on that we can't take off any longer. Because then, if I have to give meaning to myself, I can't give meaning to myself. And every day I'm gonna give a new meaning to myself until I drive myself essentially insane. In the Gospel reading, Jesus is asked the question, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he says, takes a child, puts him in the midst of them, and he says, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And then he goes on to say, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. We're at a point in our society now that, whereas before, say decades ago, it would have been really easy, we, could have, we would have been confident to be able to send our kids to school, to be able to allow our kids to participate in all the cultural artifacts around us without much worry because the culture and society share the same values that we do. That's just not the case anymore. Whereas before, we could have been confident enough to just send them out and be confident that the people, the society around us would teach them our values, that's not the case anymore. What does that mean? We can't afford any longer to not spend that much time with our kids. 
Parents have to spend a lot more time with their children, teaching them the virtues of the Christian church, teaching them what God has revealed to us through scripture, teaching them the, the doctrines of the Catholic faith, teaching them how to live like Catholics, how to become like Christ day after day, teaching them these virtues and these values and these morals because it, they're not gonna get it anywhere else and what they're gonna get everywhere else is something directly opposed to it. The Gnostic heresy has overpopulated the Christian truth in our day today. And that means that parents and families have to come back together again and be strengthened and teach day in and day out. Because it's, there's, there's, there is this opposition now between the values of the family and the values of the culture around us. And that's just a matter of fact. And if we allow our children to just go out into the world and experience and, you know, in a, in a way not monitored, uh, in an unmonitored way, just partake in all the cultural goods that the, the society around us has to offer, they're going to be lost the way most are now. That's on you to prevent that from happening. And we live in such a culture now that if you have kids, you have to spend a lot of time with them. We can't afford any longer to, in a, in, a, in a way, selfishly just take up time for ourselves and have all the fun that we want to while we can hand our kids out to daycare. Not to say that daycare is evil, I'm not saying that. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, this I think is true enough that when Jesus says, whoever causes one of these little ones to, who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to that to not teach our kids in a diligent, timely, and in a very, uh, with a lot of effort, with a lot of time spent. To not do that and to cause the kids to sin are equated now. It's the same thing. To neglect to teach, to neglect to pass on the faith through a lived experience and through word. To not pray together at home. To not teach them the, the, the meaning of scripture, the meaning of what God has done for us. To not teach them these things with a lot of effort, with a lot of time spent. I think at this point, given the culture that's around us, this is the same as causing them to sin. Because to just not teach them means that they're going to be left empty of the teachings of God. And when they're left empty in the, with the teachings of God, in the culture that we live in, they're going to take in all these other ideas. They're going to take in all these other teachings, ones that are poisonous to the human soul. And the evidence for that, for that is this. Look at where, look at the ideology of the people today. We live in a, a culture that's very atomistic, individualistic. And what's the first thing to go when we, we become overly individualistic? Everybody's just an island living on his own. Everybody has an identity for himself that he gives meaning to himself. What's the first thing to go? The family is the first thing to go. The family is split. That's the first thing that happens. If parents do not teach their kids Christian values, which brings the family together, which brings a community together, which brings people together, which brings the church together, when parents don't teach their children these values, the family is the first thing to go, the community goes after it, the church comes after that. And the person is lost. This is why, brothers and sisters, when Jesus says, truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of God, why? Because if we don't become like children, then we can't teach children how to become children either. If we don't become children of God, if we don't know what that means, and we ourselves are not children of God, 
living in the house of God, seeing ourselves in direct relation to God, seeing the meaning of our lives from the eyes, from the, from the light of God, then we ourselves can't teach our children to do the same. That's why I'm saying it is imperative for every one of us to spend a lot more time now to kind of retreat and you know, uh, get together, pray together as a family, and read together as a family and teach the children that God has entrusted to us. Because one day we're going to be answerable to, those, uh, to God for the sake of those children. And he's gonna ask us, what did you do? What did you teach them? Did you pass on the thing that I gave to you from your parents? If it's a no, that's gonna be a problem. We might have a great millstone tied around our neck at that moment. So brothers and sisters, we have to take this seriously now, especially as a community, because there's a lot that is coming in and encroaching upon our family lives, coming in and destroying it and really splitting it apart. And the first that will go will be the children through a bad ideology. Let us fight that bad